Hello, and welcome back to our podcast series on the brand new America's Cup boat, the AC-75. I'm Mark Chisnell, and I'm sitting in Ben Ainsley's office with the man himself, the team principal and skipper of INEOS Team UK, the British challenger for the 36 America's Cup. We're going to continue our conversation about the AC-75, the boat that will be used in the next Cup match. And in the last podcast, we talked about the hull designs, and one of the things that came up a lot was the simulator and the simulation. So I've seen a couple of comments on that on social media, and I thought it was worth looking at the simulator technology in a bit more detail this month. So I think it's worth explaining a few terms before we start. Our simulator consists of a motion platform and several sets of virtual reality goggles, and it allows the crew to sail a virtual version of any AC-75 that the team has designed, or puts into the uh, maths and the computers of the simulator. The computer code that makes this happen is complex, and it involves other subsidiary simulations. For instance, we have to simulate the performance of the foils and the sails with computational fluid dynamics or CFD software. Now, the results from these simulations form part of the math that makes the simulator, the motion platform and virtual reality goggles, work. So it's easy to confuse the many simulations that the team runs on subsidiary parts of the boat with the simulator, which is the overall tool that lets us humans sail the whole package in a virtual world. Okay, hopefully I got that straight. So, Ben, we're not going to talk about CFD code here. I think that would lose a lot of people pretty quickly. That's a relief. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Let's start by just talking through what it feels like to sail the boat in the simulator. What's the same and what's different to the real thing? Well, I guess the difference is to start off with that there's no apparent wind or wind at all, really, and there's no water. So your sort of seat of the pants sailing feeling is, is very much reduced. I suppose we could have guys there with a hose pipe and, and a fan and so just to make it a little bit more real, but, but we don't do that, not at the moment anyway. The similarities to our HMI or our control systems that we use from the sailor, key sailors on the boat to, to steer the boat, trim the sails, um, pilot the boat are the same and that's really important for us to be able to develop those tools. And then the feeling of working with other key guys in the boat uh, in terms of the performance loop, again being the, the sail trim, the piloting of the boat, keeping it flying out of the water and then the, the helming of the boat. So that performance loop, as I said, is is really important and that, the simulator helps us massively to develop those relationships and skill sets. Cool. So. Um one question I want to ask is, have you ever got motion sick on that thing? Because it, it is a bit of an odd feeling when it's, it's moving around. <laughs> well, I won't lie, we, we wasn't physically sick, but it was was a little bit uh, uncomfortable in the early days of the simulator, and so it's something to get used to. But we we have had a couple of sailors who were named nameless who <laughs> may have had to have a sick bucket handy. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Next question, a bit more technical. How does the team approach using the simulator? What's the process? Uh, well, there are really three key uses, and most of our sessions will fall into one of those uh, focuses, really. And I mean, firstly, it's just getting a feel for sailing the boat and the dynamics of that. That's a lot of the early work, really, that we can feed back to the designers of the different concepts of boats. Uh, secondly, it's uh, tying into that then we have specific trials and tests again for a particular design of, of hull shape really or, or, or component that goes on the boat and then through that we might de- develop different techniques to, to sail that particular model of boat 
and and then finally it's just once we've gone through those iterations about got what we feel is them to close to their maximum performance then we are trying to make these decisions of different hull shapes and and dynamics and we have we have to use a simulator really for the dy- dynamics of that of how the boat maneuvers how it takes off out of the water and, and so on the straight line speed we can also get a very good we probably actually get a better handle on that through pure VPP modeling but the simulator helps us in many ways from that pure sort of sailing perspective how does the boat handle and perform and then we you know feed that back to the designers and help them to make some of their key decisions cool all right so taking the the first of those it must have really helped when you first pulled the sails up on the AC75 to have sailed it extensively in the simulator first did it take the edge off that kind of first boat feeling? Well, yes and no. I mean, it, I suppose it gave us a little bit more confidence that we were able to have sailed, felt like we'd sailed the boat and operate the boat and know what its core performance is, but still didn't really take away from that, that first moment of pulling the sails up and bearing away and and then what happens next. Uh, so uh, it, 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 it was very helpful, but it didn't completely tick, tick all of the boxes. Uh, you know, and then there's sort of practical stuff. You know, it doesn't help you get off the dock or get on a towboat or that uh, very, very, very slow speed situations. You can't really simulate that accurately. So there were some practicalities that we we had to work out for real on our own. Um, uh, but it, it it really did help in terms of the the key performance group, I guess. You know, understanding the setup of the boat and what we expected the performance to be and our target speeds. You know, very very happy with what our our target, our expectations of the performance of the boat were before we'd even sailed it, which was massively useful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, I mean, one thing that interests me about the simulator, because it's always been such a problem when testing full-size boats in the real world, is that you can trial different techniques or test different designs, as as you've talked about. You can do it over and over again in the simulator in exactly the same conditions. Now, going back 15 years, when we used to test two boats with the old IACC monohulls, the big problem was always that the tests were in different wind speeds with different wind shear, different wind gradient, and so the noise in the data that we generated for analysis was huge. Now, does it feel like the answers come out of the simulator more quickly uh, than when you're doing it with the real thing, and and can you be more thorough and methodical? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's way more efficient than than trying to line two butts out in the middle of the Solent where you've got tides and wind shifts and everything else going on. Here it's totally controlled environment, so we're pretty happy that results that we find in the simulator are, are, are accurate um, and then it, you know it's not just the wind and the tide of other boats to deal deal with and you know grinders getting tired and hungry as they tend to do and radio comms issues and all the rest of it so yeah I'll go back to it it's, it's a way way more efficient process for for testing different concepts and getting accurate results. So there are lots of advantages of working on the simulator, and I guess the $64 million question is whether the results are as good as full-size testing. Yeah, I'd, I would probably be giving too much away if I gave you the full answer to that, from our perspective anyway. But, you know, the answer is we wouldn't be investing so much effort and time into the simulator if we didn't think it was worthwhile. And clearly, in this particular America's Cup where you're not allowed to line up two boats against one another then it's really your only true method of, of, of 
co comparing different design concepts um, yes we will go out and we will sail the 75 footer and we'll make changes to that and we'll evaluate that on the water but we we will get frankly a more accurate read on a, on a, num a number of the key components um, through the simulator and so it is a way of massively speeding up our development and, 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 and all of the teams will be using something similar it's, it's key to the as I said it's key to the development of these of these boats of this particular class of boat especially and it's interesting isn't it, how fast it's become important it was something that was you know really wasn't on the horizon at all 10 years ago and now it's, it's one of the fundamental tools of of the team's performance yeah yeah I, th I think you're absolutely right because you look at this the protocol for this America's Cup you, you're not allowed to you're banned from two boat testing you're banned from wind tunnel testing um, you're banned from tow tank testing so that leaves you very little options really and the you know, simulation as we talked about simulation is absolutely key to being able to evaluate different concepts so we need both that's the answer I guess now another important area then is is once the for the team to work on is is to get more useful data from just one boat um, and I think that's looking like a very good topic for the next podcast but we're going to finish today with a question from a podcast listener Harry Kennedy who wanted to know once the engineering wow factor of the AC-75's foiling has sunk in, do you think the Cup will be more or less drag racing compared to the closer boat-on-boat -boat racing that you get in non-foiling monohulls and the foiling cats that we saw last time when they reached 100% fly times? So I guess, to shorten that up a little bit, we sailed the boat a little bit now. Is it going to be manoeuvrable enough to use the full armoury of match racing tricks? Bearing in mind, you're a former world match racing world champion. Uh, well, yeah. Hi, Harry. Th thanks for the question. It's a very, good, it's a really good one because you're right. This is a new concept of boat, and normally in a new concept of boat, you end up with massive performance differences. But I think the fact that we're building two boats and really looking at where the the, the fleet is going, the teams are going. I, I think they will come together somewhat, and there will be performance differences, but. When you also look at the size of scale of course that we're sailing on, it's going to be pretty tight, tight boundaries, a lot of manoeuvring. So I think, yes, there will be speed differences, but as we've seen with these high-performance boats, if you make one mistake, it can cost you a couple of hundred metres easily. And so the gains and losses will be massive. And I do, I do expect the racing to be, to be quite tight. There's always, an op there's always a chance that one team will absolutely sort of king hit it out of the park and be totally dominant. But I don't see that happening across the full range of conditions. And like I said, with the race course that we're predicted to sail in, I think it will, it will, be, will be close racing and, and maneuvering boats of this scale, uh, foiling maneuvers on that tight of race, race course will be a huge challenge for the sailing teams. And I think for the spectators, it'll, it will be an, an amazing spectacle. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty to look forward to, Harry, when these boats get on the race course next April. Um, so thanks again, Ben. And don't forget, if you've also got a question about the AC75, please do get on the, any of the team's social media channels and let us know. Uh, use the hashtag AC75podcast. And that's again all for this month. See you back here soon.